Hello, this is Gary Hutchins, minister with the Sunny Slope Church of Christ here in Omaha, Nebraska, and we welcome you to Search the Scriptures. We appreciate you tuning in to Search the Scriptures. We hope that you are doing so every day at this time. And we hope that you are being motivated, at least greatly, because you are realizing that you're actually learning the Bible on this radio program. We strive to do exactly as the name Search the Scriptures suggests. We get into God's Word, we dig beneath the surface, look at it in depth and in detail, and yet we strive to explain it in a way that is easy to understand and that makes sense for your personal life. We want you to do more, though, than just listen to a radio program. We'd love to send you a free Bible study through the regular mail. We send it all over this area and across the country, literally. And when we say free, we mean exactly that. We'll even pay the postage both ways. Why don't you have a pencil or a pen and a piece of paper ready? We'll give you all of the information how you can receive that free Bible study at the end of the program today. We'd also love to have you come and worship with us and study and grow spiritually with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. If you want to find a church that teaches the Bible, we want to encourage you to come and worship and study with us. Now, you're not going to find a band. You're not going to find a theatrical production. You're going to find a church that simply strives to be that church that we all read about in the Bible. Nothing more, nothing less. So have that pencil or pen and piece of paper ready. We'll give you the times of our services and the address of our church building at the end of the program today. We hope to see you soon. It is good to be here today with Dennis Stackhouse. Well, thank you, Gary. It's wonderful to be with you and with our listening audience once again today. Really looking forward to spending some time in God's Word together. Amen to that, brother. And uh, we're a little sorrowful that uh, Dwayne Kennedy can't be with us as he normally is, but a bit of a scheduling conflict that comes up one way or another from time to time uh, precludes him from being with us in today's program. Now, Dennis, we began a series of studies or programs focusing on Christ. We made the point that this time of the this this right around this time there's a lot of people thinking about their spiritual lives and particularly thinking about their relationship with God, their Father, and Jesus Christ, their Savior. That's right, Gary, and and I think for all of us there are probably times and occasions in our lives when we're more aware of our spiritual state than others for whatever reason it might be. I know sometimes we can look at it from the standpoint that tragedy in a person's life will sometimes cause them to think more seriously, more profoundly about their spiritual condition. And of course, uh, there are various holidays throughout the year where we find that to be the case as well. You know, we might think about Thanksgiving as one of those times. Uh, what uh, the religious world considers Christmas. That's certainly another time when people do turn to spiritual thoughts, perhaps more so than other times during the year. And even though it is appropriate to do so at those times, we hope that people are going to be thinking about their spiritual state before God on a regular and continual basis. Yes. Uh, Of course, a lot of people will think about their relationship with their Savior around what we call Easter, because yeah, that's right. uh, be the time when they would say, "Well, that that 
marks a time when he was crucified and arose from the grave. Uh, Passover would be more technically correct term if you look at it in Scripture. And a lot of people also around the first of the year will think about the relationship with God and with Christ because they're thinking about it's just a natural time for them to consider making new beginnings in their lives, turning over leaves, so to speak. Those resolutions. Yes, 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 those resolutions that uh, so often go by the wayside after about two weeks into the new year. (laughs) That's right. But at least people are thinking during these different times, and at least a lot of people do make some kind of resolution or effort or decision that I'm going to try to do better. And that's a good thing. Always a good thing for us to be involved in an exercise such as that. And again, the hope is that if an individual does make a resolution such as that, that they want to be more dedicated to God, they want to maybe initially commit their lives to God, that they're going to follow through with that commitment and be faithful in it. Yeah, and you have to start before you can follow through. That's right. I remember many, many years ago, I was preaching with a congregation where we decided, let's try to promote really getting into reading God's Word on a daily basis. And so we instituted a Read Your Bible Through in a Year campaign. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of people that got started on that, and they, and then a lot of those kind of fell off by the wayside after oh, maybe a month or six weeks or two months, some of them. And, you know, you could say, well, what poor commitment. You know, isn't Mm -hmm. that a shame? You Mm -hmm. started, you didn't finish, you dropped off. Well, my thought was, I mean, certainly I could be disappointed that that some of those who uh, did drop out did not go on further. But I was thankful that even those got started at least. That's right. At least they made an effort to do it. They read a whole lot more Bible, a whole lot more Scripture that year, probably, than they would have if they had not at least gotten started in that campaign. That's probably right. So sometimes when people start thinking about God and think about their spiritual lives, they may not completely pull the trigger, you know, all the way, so to speak, of making that ultimate and complete change, but at least they are making a movement in that direction, at least for a time. And you've got to start there somewhere before you can get to the ultimate culmination of what you want to achieve. That's true, and it, it reminds me as well, Gary, in, in thinking about people who are converted to Christ, who make that commitment initially. I think for many of them it's a process, and it may go on over a number of years, And it may involve a number of different individuals throughout that process. And in saying that, I mean, well, maybe someone begins a study with them at some point in their life, and it it maybe doesn't even get completed. You know, maybe they have a, a series of lessons they want to go through, and they get through one or two of them, and then the person says, well, yeah, this is good, and I'm interested, but I just don't have time to do it right now. Well, Maybe some time goes by and someone else influences them, and they go a little further. And then maybe someone else and someone else, and eventually they'll come to the point where they commit themselves to God and follow through on that commitment. And I think the same is true in regard to what you're saying, that if we don't make that start, 
we're never going to get any further along. So that that is important. Yes, I uh, I know and became friends with a great gospel preacher. Um, done, he's done lots of meeting work and and worked with. Uh, a congregation, one congregation, I believe 20 years or more, I believe more than 20 years, uh, before he eventually retired from full-time work. And I believe his son became a gospel preacher, and uh, I had heard the story of his conversion to Christ um, going back earlier into his life. And uh, I knew that there was a man he worked with in a factory, I believe it was, who ultimately led him to become a Christian. And and I thought that it was over, you know, a relatively short period of time that he had made that conversion. This man had talked with him and, and you know, oh, maybe it might have taken, oh, a couple of years or so, maybe, maybe four, you know, but I, I thought it was a relatively short period of time. It was years later that I became aware, and if I understood it correctly at that time, it took this man, you know, somewhere eight to twelve years, I believe, to eventually, mm-hmm. you know, lead him all the way to the point of his making up his mind to become a Christian. And that's probably not out of the ordinary. Well, how many times could a lot of people, even that man, perhaps, have become discouraged? That's you know, right. And say, I've wasted a lot of time here. Yes. He's never going to make the change. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That, <laughs> never going to make up his mind. But he did. And he was influential, I believe, in leading, well, I don't know how many people, to Christ himself. Now, so we want to encourage our listeners, if you're in a position in your life right now, and I believe this happens on an individual basis for different people at different times, where you're starting to think about your spiritual condition and your relationship with your God and your, and your Savior, keep moving in that direction. Yes. Keep thinking. Keep listening to this radio program. Keep studying with us Mm -hmm. and read the Bible on your own. That's right. There's nothing more important for any one of us, any one of us as human beings, than getting ourselves in a saved relationship with God and someday being with him in heaven. The greatest question, the most profound question that any man or woman can ask or boy or girl for that matter, is what must I do to be saved? That's right. Now, Dennis, we began looking at our the study about our Savior, our Lord, Jesus Christ, and we noted that just about as basic as is faith in God is faith in Christ. And there would be some, in fact, there would be a great many of people who would say, well, I believe in God, but I don't believe in Christ as the Savior. Right. And what the point we were making in our last program was, you can't take the one without the other. That's right. If you, if you truly believe in God and you're going to be faithful to God, you have to accept Christ as his Son and our Lord and Savior. That's right, Gary. And, and we made the point in the, uh, the lesson yesterday, there is no separation there. Jesus is God even though that's difficult to comprehend from our human finite point of view, the three-in-one, speaking of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, are one, even though they have perhaps three different functions, three different personalities, they're still one. Absolutely. We, we noted that in Genesis chapter 1, 
the Spirit of God was moving across the face of the deep. Right. In the creation process. Mm -hmm. We saw in Genesis chapter 1 toward the end, verses 26, 27, 28 through there, where God said, let us make man in our image. So he's talking to somebody in, in using that conversation refer to us and our. Plural pronouns. That's correct. And then we also noted in uh, a couple of passages in the New Testament, John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, for example, and uh, also Colossians, uh, where chapter 1, verse 16, where Christ, God the Son, was there not only present at the creation, but actively taking part in the creation process himself. That's right. And so it's obvious, I think, it, it, you know, it certainly makes all the sense in the world logically that when God said, let us make man in our image, he's, he's speaking to the other two persons of the Godhead, God the, the Spirit and God the Son. I believe that's accurate, Gary, yes. And that helps us to understand that Christ is fully God. He is full deity, just as much so as is God the Father. Yes, indeed. And also as is God the Holy Spirit. Now, let's go back to Philippians chapter 2. We closed with this particular passage in our last program. Let's go back and read it again, verses 5 through 11. I just might say before we read this, Gary, this is one of the most profound passages that we ever have in Scripture, uh, certainly one of my very favorite passages, along with hundreds and hundreds of others. But uh, this this really says so much about the fact uh, that Jesus is deity and that we cannot separate him from God. Absolutely. Beginning there in Philippians 2, verse 5, we read this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Now, Dennis, in verse 5, when it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, it refers back to the immediate preceding context of verses 1 through 4. And verse 4 says, Let each of, each of you look, not, uh, look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interest of others. Now, from that particular lead-in, then verse 5 says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, and uses Christ as an example, the ultimate example. And then the ultimate illustration of his being that example, of looking out for the interests of others and not only his own, would be his leaving heaven, where he was, now notice, uh, equal with God, verse 6. Yes. Equal with God. But he did not consider it robbery, the King James Version, I believe, and also, as you've just read in the New King James Version says, to be equal with God. 
Right. There are a couple of other translations that might make that a little bit clearer to our listeners. Uh, you mentioned the American Standard Version. Mm-hmm. How does that read? Well, actually, it's the, the New American Standard Version. Uh, verse 6 of Philippians 2 there said, "...who, although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped." Yes, and, and I believe the revised, the original or revised standard version, they've revised the revised standard version. <laughs> right. And I'm, I'm afraid messed it up to a great extent. But the original revised standard version put it in even a little different terms, I believe, when it said, did not count equality with God a thing to be held onto. Yes. And, and the sense being that he was equal with God, as, become, as is clear, I think, in all of these translations, but he, he re- absolved himself, I guess we could say, to, to an extent at least, in that position by becoming man, taking on fleshly form, in order that he could fulfill his role as the Savior that mankind so desperately needed him to be. Uh, that's right, Gary. Uh, it's interesting, I think, when we look there at verse 5 again, uh, you mentioned verse 4 and how that leads into it, and certainly it does. And verse 3 helps me to think about the kind of mind that we're to have as Christians as we're trying to imitate Christ as well. Uh, there Paul said, Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than himself. You know, talking, if I understand it correctly, very pointedly about humility, which, you know, as we go on in verses 5 through 11, we find that Jesus displayed in the ultimate fashion. Yes, yes, yes. Now, this is just a great text, as you said, and we could spend a great deal of time studying in this text and taking off from it. But we really want to zero in on that that emphasis that we get from this, that Christ is God. Yes. Now, again, as you say, that's difficult for us to really get our minds around fully, I think, a lot of times, because we're talking about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and all of them being one. Yes. And yet there are these three personalities. And uh, so I suspect when we get to heaven, if, if we are faithful and we are going to spend eternity there, we'll look upon them and say, of course, it makes all the sense in the world now. Why couldn't I have understood this better? <laughs> but we're finite beings here in this yes, world, and it's right. difficult a lot of times for us to fully comprehend uh, all of these depths of, you know, of meaning that are there in the Scriptures a lot of times. That's right. But Christ is God. We need to understand that, and we need to respect him as God. He wasn't just, as some religions would have us believe, he wasn't just a really good man Mm. or even just a prophet. Mm -hmm. He is God the Son. When he was here in this world, he was God on earth. Yes. At the same time, fully human, as yes. we read in Hebrews chapter 2 and also chapter 4, mm-hmm. but also fully divine. 
Yes, and that too is hard for to, far hard for us to grasp and understand. Absolutely, absolutely. Now let's let's move to Colossians chapter one, and uh, let's look at verse seventeen. Okay. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. He is before all things. Now there is the eternal nature of Christ. Yes. Before all things, he was already there, just as God, the Father, is before all things, mm-hmm. eternal in nature. He mm-hmm. was already there. Mm-hmm. Now, Christ refers to himself by identical, eternal frames of, res- of reference as are used to refer to God the Father. Let's, let's note some of these. Let's turn to Revelation 1, and how about reading verse 8 there? Yes, there we're told... I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, says the Lord, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Now, what about verse 17? Verse 17 reads, And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. But he laid his right hand on me, saying to me, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. The Alpha and the Omega, the first and last characters in the Greek alphabet, indicating again the beginning and the ending, and uh, the first and the last. Now what about chapter 22 and verse 13 of the Revelation? Uh, Right, where we have a similar statement. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Now in all of these cases, these texts are referring to Christ, aren't they? Absolutely. They're referring to Jesus Christ. And all of these identities or or statements of identity are made about him. Now, we have some other passages that refer to God in virtually identical frames. What about Revelation 4 and verse 8? Okay, that may turned over there. I'm sorry. I was That's all right. Chapter 4 verse 8. The four living creatures each having six wings were full of eyes around and within, and they do not rest day or night saying, "Holy, holy, holy, Lord God almighty, who was and is and is to come." Now that's descriptive language saying essentially the same thing as what we read of Jesus Christ in the first chapter twice, once identifying him as the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, and the other time as the first and the last. Right. Okay? And so, again, virtually the same kinds of references. What about chapter 11 and verses 16 and 17? And the 24 elders who sat before God on their thrones fell on their faces and worshiped God, saying, We give you thanks, O Lord God Almighty, the one who is and who was and who is to come, because you have taken your great power and reigned. In both of these cases, and it's interesting that these are in the same book, the Revelation, as as were these other references that we read referring to Christ, these are referring to God the Father, aren't they? Yes, they are. That's right. And again, virtually identical frames of reference. What about one more, Isaiah 41 and verse 4? Who has performed and done it, 
calling the generations from the beginning. I, the Lord, am the first, and with the last I am he. The first and the last. Uh, Isn't that just about exactly what we read about Christ back in Revelation chapter 1? Sounds like the same thing to me. (laughs) And this time it's talking about God again. Yes. So in both cases, we find the same eternal frames of reference to both God the Father and God the Son. Yes, that's correct. Now, that might surprise some people, but I think, again, it simply points to the oneness, if you would, of God the Father and God the Son. You know, it's interesting, too, Gary. It just came to mind the occasion when Jesus presented himself to Thomas following his resurrection. That's correct. Uh, In the book of John, uh, John's gospel account, we know that Thomas doubted when the other apostles had told him they'd seen Jesus. They had seen him alive. And... uh, He said, well, you know, I'm not going to believe that unless I can actually see those holes in his hands and see that mark the spear made in his side. I'm just not going to believe it. Well, eventually we know that Jesus did appear to Thomas and, in fact, told him, Thomas, uh, paraphrasing just a bit, you come over here and you put your finger in this hole in my hand and, you know, look at this mark the spear made in my side. And then Thomas confessed and said, my Lord and my God. My Lord and my God. Exactly. And Jesus didn't correct him. That's correct. Because he is exactly that personality. He is for a fact. Fully God, full deity. We need to understand Jesus as such. If you'd like to study these matters more fully, right from the Bible, in the privacy of your own home, then contact us and request that free Bible study that we talked about earlier. You can receive it simply by writing to us at Sunny Slope Church of Christ, 3606 North 108th Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68164. Sunny Slope Church of Christ, 3606 North 108th Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68164. You can phone us at 402-498-8397, 8397 you can email us at sunnyslope, all one word, S-U-N-N-Y-S-L-O-P-E, at Church of Christ, again, all one word, sunnyslope at churchofchrist.com. You can visit us on the web at www.churchofchrist.com, www.churchofchrist.com. Click on the email link, and you can make your request that way. And again, this study is absolutely free. We'll even pay the postage both ways. You can also receive a copy of today's lesson on CD, also for free. And again, we'll pay the postage. Now, we'd love to have you do more, though, than just listen to this program and even to receive that Bible study. We'd love to have you come and worship and study and grow spiritually with us in person at the Sunny Slope Church of Christ. We'd love to meet you and get, let you get to meet us and observe a church that is simply trying to be the church of the Bible, nothing more, nothing less, a church where you can really come and learn God's Word. Bible classes begin every Sunday morning at 9.30, classes for virtually all ages, and all ages really do study the Bible, followed by worship at 10.30 each Sunday morning. 
Sunday evening worship begins at 6 o'clock each Sunday evening. And right in the middle of the week, a good time to stop and get your spiritual batteries recharged in the midst of all the busyness of what we do every week, midweek Bible classes every Wednesday evening at 7 o'clock. You're always welcome to any and all of our regular services. We hope to see you soon. Until then, read your Bible and may God guide you and bless you as you study His Word.